Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 510 for Wednesday, June the 28th, 2017. So nice to have you here. And tonight we have got an exciting show for you. We are going to be comparing desktop environments. These are the the thing that you interact with on Linux. So we're going to see how Linux itself stays the same, but the desktop environment is what you actually see as your Linux distribution. So by changing it, you can really customize the look and feel of your computer and we're going to see how that works on debian 9 tonight so you want to stick around here's what's coming up in the category 5.tv newsroom some windows 10 source code which could be used to exploit the popular os has been leaked to the public the world's fastest computers run on linux NASA has designed a supersonic airplane that doesn't create a sonic boom, and as predicted, Nintendo is now releasing a classic Super Nintendo console. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name's Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. And it's just us. Henry's off Yay. tonight because there's an air show going on. There's an air show and Henry's at it. Henry is a pilot and we thought, yeah, I guess he probably wants to be there. It's true. It is pretty exceptional. Like tens of thousands of people all gathered around our waterfront and we hear them going over. You're going to hear them throughout the course of the show, no doubt, uh, because it's going on live right now here in Barrie, Ontario. I actually biked right through it on my way here and oh, yeah? I'll tell you, it is every person in Barrie is at the waterfront right now and they're Not all wearing... Like this is Canada's 150th. Yeah. So, you know, that's like this weekend. So this is the big lead up to it. The Canadian Air Force is yeah. here doing their stunt flying and everything else. So people are coming from all around. I heard like people from Orillia, Toronto, all over the place. It's incredible. Everybody's wearing their like red and white and their maple leaves and they are waving flags and it's cool. I'm going to claim colorblind. Wore gray. <laughs> I wore white, but I don't have any red. I do have red, but it's like my big red winter sweater. So yeah, I felt that's it. That's it. Uh. It's just not the weather for it out there, Sash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, uh, this week I was able to fix the netbook. Nice. There it is. So it's all ready for Henry, and it's got Debian 9 on it. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, but I just stuck a new hard drive in there. It's a Kingston um, uh, 200 and... 240 gig or something like that okay. SSD. So I think what happened is is that the old hard drive just ran out of space and it was so tiny. Oh, okay. It still works, but it was just too tiny for it. So, so, so that's good. It's, now it's, it's up and running. You salvaged yeah. it. I got it Rose back up and going. It saves the day. It's a cute little thing. Perfect I, for the chat room. I have like a random computer question Do for you? you. Yes. Okay. okay, so, you know, I have retro pie on my pie right now i have heard about this <laughs> you know how you did that okay, so <laughs> is there a way you could undo that temporarily and then redo it again why would you ever want to do that sash well because i'm getting married and i need to do a playlist and i think that that might be the best way oh. to play music right at the wedding pie? is that is that the best way there I is a know. thing called a dj okay there is a thing called a budget Okay, so uh, what are you thinking? Like, okay, because I have random a random play well, of songs that you have selected. Yes, okay, because I have a Dance band. Dance ninety two. Just push play. That's right. I, I have a I have a band that's starting for like the later part, but I'm just talking like the okay, background there goes music the of yeah, yeah. I hear you. Okay, so is yeah, that, that easy that or is that like seems like overkill to be honest with you? Okay, because you could set up a Volumio player and get it up and going, create uh -huh. a playlist and this and that, and then connect to it, push play. You got to set up a Wi-Fi hotspot. That's, I think... What's my, what is my best bet then? I think um, just like set up a playlist on your phone or something. Oh. Or just a, like an MP3 player. 
but to answer your question, yes, it can be done. What you could do is you could get a second SD card because okay. you wouldn't wipe it out and, and then have to reset up RetroPie. No, take out the SD card. It's just right. this little tiny chip. Put in a new one, install the whatever you want on it, and then just sw- switch them back and forth. So could I have multiple ones? If I wanted yeah. to do like, um, like a photo frame, mm-hmm. so it would be just like a display, I guess, like just a monitor, really, instead of a frame. Yeah. And then I would just hook it up to my Pi and have pictures cycling through it. But then yes. it could also just be my retro Pi when I want it to be. But again, now, see, I love the idea. I love where okay. you're going with it. Okay. For a DIY fun project. Yeah. But I've done weddings before. Uh-huh. I've shot w- weddings from like a videography standpoint and everything. Simplify. Make things easy on yourself. Okay. And what I mean by that is cat5.tv slash AGP tech. The black uh, 1080p player. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has an HDMI output. Okay. And it has a USB and an SD card slot. Okay. All you have to do is stick all your pictures on an SD card or a USB stick, plug it in, push play, done. There's no setup. There's Mm -hmm. no, there's no risk of this is not going to work if I can't figure it out when I'm supposed to be getting married today. Right. You don't need that. And you can't come to Newfoundland to fix the thing. Newfoundland is a long walk. It's Canada. There's part. Well, there's part swim to it, actually. Oh yeah, it's like a bit of a triathlon situation. Yeah, it'll be fun. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But that's the route I would go. All right. So that answered my question. You may have access to one of those because I just happened to own one. I do actually. One second. (laughs) Uh, Okay, not that one. This one. Here it is. This is so cool. This is what I'm talking about. This has never been opened, so. I assume it's not an empty box. Here you go. This is exactly what you need. Okay. That's it. And just... USB. Yeah. SD. Nice. Either one you can use. It has VGA output, optical output, AV output, and HDMI output. Nice. you, You just plug that into a TV. Done. Sweet. No setup. All right. That's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Cat5.tv slash AGP tech, but it's spelled with a K. AGP tech. AGP T-E-K. All right. And you'll see that below. All right? All right. Keep it simple. I'm gonna. Don't stress. Don't add stress to your special day. Okay. Thank you. That's my trick. (laughs) All right. Got the new Eric's Black Talon drone. It's, it's a micro drone, but not so micro. Right. It's smaller. It's lighter. Right. But it has a 720p <gasps> camera right on the front here. I don't know if you can see that at home. There's a little camera right there. So it has FPV goggles. Mm-hmm. Like the, you, you put your phone in it. Right. And you can fly this with FPV just through your phone. Oh, that is neat. So it's like a little entry-level kind of racer Lots of yeah. fun to fly. I'm going to be flying this on the drone zone this season and really looking forward to that. That's the Eric's it's Black Town. It's pretty cool. And it flies, man. I, fl- I flew it at 30% speed and it was fast. Very neat. So I can't wait to really get into it. Well, we've got a lot to cover tonight. Um, we are going to be looking at different um, desktop environments for Debian, uh, for Linux, any flavor of Linux that you want to use. Uh, we've got to take a really quick break. Uh, and then uh, when we come back, we're going to be checking out uh, desktop environments for Linux and what that means. We're going to see some of the most popular ones in just a minute's time. Stick around. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is category5.tv. Please check us out. We've got lots of great programming there. 510 hours of tech. 
and uh, and then some. Plus, we've got some other shows as well. So check it out, Category5.tv. Uh, finally started Black Mirror at your suggestion. And? Uh, first of all, we watched two episodes and then realized that we had started on season three. That's okay. So it doesn't matter what order you watch it in, but it was very reminiscent of The Twilight Zone with some F-bombs thrown in. Yeah. A little bit. You, you liked it, though, so, yeah. Yeah, so watch out for the F-bombs. It's a little bit like you don't want to have the kids in the room kind of thing. But uh, that was a lot of fun. There are no episodes of that show that you think that the kids should be in the room for. No. No episode. No, it's not. Even if it starts out looking like thing. it's going to be an okay family-friendly episode, it's not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> but as a, fr- a fan of Doctor Who myself, yeah. uh, and the you know the the way that Doctor Who and in particular the Twilight Zone, every episode is kind of a standalone thing. Doctor Who has some running themes, but um, Black Mirror I found is very much like Twilight Zone in that each one is like its own movie. Right. So it doesn't matter if you watch them out of order. Doesn't matter that I watched season three episodes one and two first, and then That's we're cool. going to jump back to season one. Have um, you finished it? I finished all of it. Yeah, I'm okay. waiting for more. Yeah. There'll be, and there will be more. You know, though, what I watched yesterday, and y'all know that I am, like, kind of uncultured when it comes to old movies and such. And it's this is not even a really big deal, except that it was to me, because people make reference to it all of the time, and I'd never right. watched it. Office Space. I haven't seen it yet. Oh. And it's funny, because um, somebody was just mentioning it to me a couple couple weeks ago. It's on Netflix. Oh, my goodness. It is and? hilarious. Is it? it is good. And Jennifer okay. Aniston's in it. She's like, really? like seven. No, she's not seven. But <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, you know, culturally, that is something that I should watch. Yeah, I, I win. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you're, ahead, you're ahead one movie. I'm ahead every episode of Star Trek that has ever been aired. I watched some Star Trek The Next Generation when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I had Out a crush on Wesley Crusher. And then he left the show in season two or three or something? Yeah, and yeah. I stopped watching. Hmm. He was cool, though. He was in Stand By Me. He's less cool yes. now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that was painful. When Will Wheaton left the show because he thought he was going to be a movie star and then he didn't become a movie star. I know. Just take the blessings that you get, folks, and run with them. Don't throw them away because you think there's something better. That's Seriously. true. Seriously. Okay, are we ready to get into it? Yes. Last week, we looked at Debian 9, Debian Stretch. Right. Really, really excited about this release because it's the latest and greatest stable version of the Debian Linux distribution. The response has been fantastic on YouTube. Thank you very much for all your comments, your thumbs up, and your new subscriptions. We love hearing from all of the viewers who have been saying, hey, I really love this show, love what you guys are doing. I appreciate that. We all do. Uh, and one question in particular stood out to us this week. Maybe you can take that for us? I can take it? Okay. Oh, except the blue is not there. So I don't know who watched. No way. Somebody watched last week's episode. I'm going to get it. For- okay. Can you believe that the blue ink went out of my printer and your name <laughs> happened to be in, in blue? blue. Um, I'm guessing Gar- Garby? No. No, it's not Garby. See. Maybe it's a C? C? Who is that? C? Oh, it's, it's <gasps> killing me. You work it out. You make it up, and is I'm going to get you the actual name. C this is amazing. You, n- you no. never know. You I never won't know. know. Oh. It looks like it ends in a one. What are you on about? Okay, I'm going to read it, and then we'll, defi- <laughs> and then we'll tell you what's wrong. I'm going to have it before you even... S- before. Okay. All right. Oh, I was right. Cam Hin won. It's your yes. question, my man. <laughs> I'm serious. Blue ink, gone on the and printer. And you know what? You would know that because I said search with a C and ends with a one. You already knew it was yours. Yeah, it's, it's me. It's got to be me. It's gotta, <laughs> it wouldn't have been great if we were like, it's Charles 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me again. It's Cam. Cam Hen 1. And before we move on, just, making sh- just skimming, making sure there's nothing else typed in blue. Very good. All right. What, what did okay. one say to us? Watched last week's feature on Debian 9 and said, I'm really enjoying this channel. Why don't you guys have more subs? Can you, do, can you guys do a video comparing different desktop environments? I think it would be an interesting video. It will be. Right. Desktop environments. We hit on it a little bit last week. Uh, and hitting the, that first question, why don't we have more subs? Hey, 
Get the word out. Spread the word about Linux Tech Show. Spread the word about Category 5 Technology TV. And that's how we build it. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of YouTubers will buy subscribers. And we don't, we don't play that. So, mm-hmm. um, so we appreciate each and every one of our subscribers, our supporters. Uh, click that subscribe button. If you've been watching the show, maybe you've been watching for some time and you haven't subscribed. Maybe you don't even have a YouTube account, so you just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, make sure you sign up and then hit that subscribe button. And sure. that really uh, that helps increase those numbers. I so Cam Hin One can go, wow, look at how things have really been taking off around here. I did it. It was easy. So you can do it. It's easy. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so hitting the question, we talked about desktop environments, what it means to the Linux user. What's funny is I thought we had already done something like this because a while back we were comparing what I thought was Linux desktops in my mind, right. and it was not. Linux, you, we were looking at various Linux distros right. and comparing Debian to Ubuntu. And, and so along with that comes... Yeah, well, we're looking at GNOME 3 versus Unity, sure, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But here's what, what it comes down to. Linux is, as we learned last week on episode number 509 of Category 5 Technology TV, Linux is the operating system. And then on top of that, the developers, the people who put everything together choose which packages to include with the operating system. Right. So that can be, you know, do we go with, LibreOffice as the office suite? Do we go with um, GNU image manipulation program? Uh, What do we include with this? Mm -hmm. And with that comes what do we use as our desktop environment? DE as it's called. So that's what makes a distro is all of the stuff that they've packaged together into this particular version of Linux. So Debian is a distro of Linux. Uh, Ubuntu is a distro of Linux, and as well as Fedora and uh, OpenSUSE and any of the other ones that you've ever heard of. They're all different distros of Linux, so different packages all thrown on top of Linux. So um, the desktop environment is probably one of the key considerations when it comes to what makes a distro look and operate the way that it is. Mm-hmm. But that said, because Linux is the, the, the way that it's set up, you can have multiple desktop environments installed and switch between them without ever leaving the operating system. No. Yeah. So during okay. our Debian stretch uh, installation last week, I simply checked off all the options. So okay. it has all of the available options in in Debian, and let's. Uh, I'm going to pull it up on the okay. netbook here so that I can kind of see and show you. We'll just log out to the login screen. Oh, you know what? The netbook doesn't have it all. So my de- my laptop here does. Um, so let's first take a look at what's called Cinnamon, mm-hmm. and. As I'm saying, the, the desktop environment is what you see. So this is the, the way that your operating system performs, how you interact with it, where your menus are, how you open things, how you navigate the entire operating system. That's what the desktop environment is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I touched on this last week when I said, if you don't like the way that you know files open or you can't figure out this or that, with the way the operating system interacts with you, with your mouse, it's probably the desktop environment, quite likely. Okay. So you can switch it to the one that you would like to choose. The Foo says, um, cover the dangers of mixing different desktop environments under a single user login. So there is a danger of that? Uh, I wouldn't call it a danger. If, If you have... Uh, a small hard drive, then these are considerations. But uh, when you install a desktop environment, it comes with a lot of packages that make that um, desktop environment what it is. Okay. So one desktop environment will include a whole plethora of applications and things that this desktop environment uses to make it what it is. Okay. Then you install another one and you get all the same kind of stuff added to it, added to your computer, but for the other desktop environment. Oh, okay, environment. so it's just kind of redundant. It might be alternate versions. You may have some redundant software. You mm-hmm. may have uh, multiple versions of different things that are similar. Um, I you know, I don't know all of the applications that are out there, but just to throw out a really simple uh, example, maybe one uses 
OpenOffice, where the other one uses LibreOffice. So if you install both desktop environments, you now have both. And sometimes you can have a conflict there. Usually, uh, apt uh, on Debian in particular and Ubuntu, other Debian derivatives, um, it's able to reconcile those um, dependencies, the conflicts between them. And, and it just means having extra stuff on your hard drive that maybe you don't need if, uh, if you're only going to use one particular. Okay. It's a fun experiment, though, to throw them all on there and see what one you like the most. That's what we're going to do here tonight okay. so that uh, you get a sense of the difference. So this so, is the default one, Sasha. Is that cinnamon? This is, that is cinnamon, yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, right out the bat, what I do like about it is uh, from a Linux, uh, for, pardon me, from a Windows user standpoint, the navigation right out the gate has a bit of a Windows 10 feel. Without all the clutter. Right. Right? We've talked about how... It's not the crazy big tiles. Yeah, we don't have the crazy big tiles. I actually we don't have the super hate pictures. those. I hate them too. Okay. Everyone who brings in a computer for service that has been upgraded to Windows 10 says, can you get that is off there of there? Thing, is there a way to yeah, get that off of classic there? Classic shell. And we actually have a video about it on our, on our website, oh, category5.tv. Okay. Uh, we did it on Windows 8 to show you how to get rid of it, but Classic Shell works great on, uh, on Windows 10 as well. But you could just take it one step further and install Linux with Cinnamon. How do you like that? Okay, so we're going to take the same approach to each desktop environment. I'm switching back and forth. We're going to look at a few of the different things that we would commonly do with the computer, like creating a document, uh, navigating to our files, getting on the internet, let Let's get started with Cinnamon. Okay, so first of all, what do we want to do? Create a document. So yes. here I see Office. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play like I don't know. I'm going to play like I'm a novice user, an end user who's never done this. Um, but I understand that LibreOffice Writer is my writing application. See at the bottom there, even when I hover, Cinnamon says, create and edit text and images in letters, reports, documents, and web pages. So I know that that's what mm -hmm. it is. If I point to calc, it says perform calculations, analyze information, and manage lists in spreadsheets. So that's like Excel. That's Excel, right? Yeah. So what would happen if I actually typed in Excel? Look at that. So even as a Windows user, I'm able to find the Excel equivalent. Let's try Word. LibreOffice Writer is in the list. So okay. let's use the Excel example. and click on it, and now I'm creating a spreadsheet, just like I would expect to. So that was a pretty good experience for a first try at getting into a spreadsheet or a document. Worked out pretty well. So you could even type, like if you had a document saved on your computer, you could type the name of the document in that search bar and it would pull up that well, document? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is an is application search. Oh, yeah? In so, my life. Okay, well, let's, let's get to that when we actually okay. have created some documents. But let's, okay. let's make one. So we're going to go Word, just because I want to pretend like I'm a Windows user trying to learn Linux. And let's create a document uh, and just, hello, world. And I'm going to save this. So, save as. And my friends use Microsoft Office, so I'm going to actually select to use a docx file so that it's compatible. They can use it as well. And I'm going to call this um, Hello World Test. Do they have to, if they're using like Word, do they have to save as a docx for me to be able to open it in Linux? No. I just have to save it as a docx to be a friendly neighbor to them. Because theirs is dumb. Yes. Your, yours is clever. Okay, good. So it, okay. It, it, as long as you're going in that direction, as long as you save it as a file format that they can access. Okay. So in our case, it's asking, are you sure? ODF is a little better. Uh, I'm going to say, no, I actually want to use Microsoft Word format because that's what my friends use in the office. Okay, close that. Um, hello, world. So this is an application search, search Sasha, uh, not a document search. So you notice that your document is not coming up anywhere in there. Okay. Let's see if there is a search. There is one called desktop search. Uh, hello, world. Do you use search on Windows? Um, I have never used search ever in my life to okay. find my files. Oh, really? Yeah. But what I do use is I, I want to be able to find uh, like a computer, my computer or folders access, uh -huh. right? 
I never know where I save anything, so I just search. You just search? Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a different approach. Um, let's see if we can find our way to the files. Now there's Ooh, an yeah. icon here that there's an icon here that looks like a file folder. Okay. And so I'm automatically thinking I'm going to point to that, and it says files. If it opens a list of recently saved files, then that's well, good enough for me. There is uh, a list of folders. Documents sounds about right. Yeah. And there's my hello world. Now let's okay. go back one and push the search button here, and I'm going to type in hello world. There it is. Okay, see? That's so, the route I would go. There's the search that you're looking for. Right. So okay. that was pretty pretty straightforward. Now when I click on that... Oh, Garby's saying there's a tool office. called Launchy that searches files. You know, Linux is fantastic because you can add these little features here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of the excitement of getting onto Linux is you can customize things right? and add features and, and all that kind of stuff. The approach that we're taking today is out-of-the-box experience. How's Cinnamon going to feel for a novice entry-level user? Um, and what is my first impression as that novice user? So my next step is I need to get on the internet. Now I see that there's an internet button over here on the start menu or the menu or the applications menu, whatever we want to call it. I do see Firefox, which I'm familiar with. So I'm going to click on that and go into, I don't know, Google. And it works just out of the box. That's perfect. And yeah, so I, I'm able to get on the internet, and that's fine. Um, we, Sasha, you had mentioned you like to use things like a calculator. Yes. So let's see, you know, that was easy. Does it do date conversion? Date conversion? <laughs> like time zones? No. <laughs> no. Okay, so at my work, right? I have to do care plans for patients and it's like 13 yeah. weeks of three times a week. And like, oh, yeah. so I have to subtract how many adjustments that they've had for how many they're supposed to have. Wouldn't that be like a feature of a spreadsheet or something? I've used a calculator before, before, but I, you can just select date convert, like date calculation. I've never heard of such a thing in a calculator. Okay. It calculates the difference between two dates, which is perfect. It tells you like four really? weeks. Yeah. Three months. Can I can I just be straight up real with you? That nobody else uses that. No, no, I'm not saying that. But what I would do in a case like that. So what's the question? Like if how many um, how many weeks between now and September 9th? September 9th. Yeah. I know I'm lazy, but it's just like we just live in such a world that you know when there are. 10 weeks until the 9th of September. It's like the answers are just everywhere. Um, and what would be an example like um, years since 1979? It's like every answer is there. <laughs> I don't need to learn math anymore. I'm so darned lazy. It's not lazy. Isn't it? No. Isn't it? It's not. You're good. All right. Okay. So, um, I need to have a calendar. A calendar? Yes. Okay. So, these are program features of the operating system. These are things that are added, like applications. Okay. So, not specific to the desktop environment, but what is important is how would I find that application now that it... it, it, And is it there? Is it there out of the box? I don't know. So, I'm just going to type in calendar. There it is. Okay. Uh, I see a couple. There's calendar which is exactly what you asked for there's evolution which as we talked about last week is like outlook it has a calendar built in but let's just click on calendar and that looks like a calendar that's kind of cool actually i like that a lot i'm kind of jealous i don't have that oh yeah that one's better nice and easy eh? synchronize what does that do this is what i'm wondering about is can it sync oh. to but again this is an application on Debian 9 that came with it. So this is not part of the desktop environment necessarily. This is just part of Linux. Uh, so it will sync with an online account. Nice. So I could, I could do Exchange. I can do Google Calendar. How I sweet is that? It. Add an online account. So I'm this, even finding what I need to get this thing up and going pretty quick. This is like, th- that's what makes it for me. Okay. Those sorts of things are what makes... Being able to find... Yes. I, I like that I'm, I'm having no trouble finding applications here. Uh, one of the big things with Windows 8 
and even into Windows 10, uh, is that it was really tough for people to figure out how to actually shut down their computer. So you, you end up closing your laptop and then realizing that it's not shut down, it's just in suspend mode. Right. You haven't rebooted in 10 years, and it's a big problem, right? So how hard is it to shut down this system uh, in Cinnamon? That was easy. You want to shut down? Shut down. And we're done. So Cinnamon, first impression, looks pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn good indeed. I'm going to log out, and uh, then I'm going to check what the next one that Debian has for us is uh, as we look at Linux uh, desktop environments uh, as introduced, uh, as brought, included uh, with Debian 9. Okay, so... You guys can't see my login screen when I'm changing this. Um, let's hit LXDE because Sasha likes the name of that. I do like the name of that one. That's LX- one I would solid pick. Oh, yeah? Oh, LXDE yeah. is very, very lightweight. It was built specifically to be a lightweight and fast, fast, fast interface. So it's not going to be as robust as far as feature set goes. You notice that the it's a very Windows 98 kind of interface. But it is fast. It is lightweight. It is perfect for things like, uh, like an older computer. It's just quick and zippy, nice and simple. Uh, getting on things is, again, really straightforward. Getting on the Internet, all I did was just point to Internet, and I see Firefox there. So that's cool. So, so the background picture doesn't change? Uh, we can change the background picture. So I just imagine one, that they all would look different. I mean, I guess they are. Like, I'm, I'm not judging. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 because no, this is Linux. It's, the desktop environment is, is using my profile. Okay. So if I want to change my background, it, it, the process may be a little bit different for each one. But on this one, if I right-click and then see if there it is, wallpaper, then I can change my, my wallpaper just like that. Okay. So, I mean, a right-click on your desktop and then preferences, that's pretty traditional. Yeah. Ooh. Ah. So you probably need to download some nicer wallpaper in order to actually make this this reasonable. There's the default. And the ones that it comes with are pretty much identical to that. So that was easy. Um, Finding my office suite under office. There's my calc. So having swapped to the other uh, desktop environment, you see that my file is still there. Very cool. And that, oh, oh Calc allowed me to open a writer document. Uh, and I'm not sure why it's separating. See, when I maximize, it's not actually maximizing my screen. Huh. That could be, you can tell me if, if you're able to emulate that. It could be uh, our video capture is causing a... a bit of a strange uh, behavior there. Okay, so this looks pretty straightforward, pretty simple. So this is the basic LXDE. I like to run this on servers, and uh, that lets me uh, run without any overhead uh, mm. when it comes to the desktop environment. Solbu um, was, sorry, was saying, mm-hmm. Solbu was saying, one test that is relevant for this is what happens if you plug in a USB device in each one. Want to try that? Yes. Okay. So I have a USB flash drive here that has Debian uh, install on it. So let's plug it in, in LXDE. <gasps> what cal- do you want to do? The calculator in Linux does do days, just saying. Oh, yeah? Not, th- not that I'm saying it. Dennis Kelly's saying it. Nice. Okay, <laughs> so there you go. I've never heard of such a feature. It's such an important it's feature awesome. in my, in my you, every you single are day. Gonna, you're going to teach this. Okay. You're going to do this on the next show. All right. Um, so that just brought up uh, the Debian 9 uh, USB stick okay. directly. No problem. Uh, do, do we want to see what it looks like? Now, let's see what logging out and restarting and shutting down looks like. Uh, again, shutdown is really easy. We've got reboot, suspend, hibernate, switch user, lock screen if you want you know, to step away. Easy okay. peasy. Okay, so I'm going to switch user, which allows me to switch environment. Okay. And uh, let's see what the next one is. Do I get to pick the next one? or? Yeah, absolutely. N- Gnome? You want to go with GNOME? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this is GNOME 3. Now, I'm going to have a little bit of trouble um, seeing things because GNOME 3, we had some little troubles there getting it to 
broadcast to you. So I'm watching it in a very small screen here. Uh, but that's what it looks like out of the box. So you'll notice, first of all, that uh, the activities button is up at the top here, and things look okay. a lot different. So oh. first of all, I always recognize the Firefox icon, so I can get on the Internet, no problem. It does have Evolution on there as well, which is like the Outlook clone with email and all that. Uh, it even has Writer just already there. Oh, that's neat. So that's good. That's cool. Can I maximize the window okay on here? Oh, it's a little different. I notice I, d I don't have like a maximize, minimize button, but I can double click on the uh, the top bar and it, and it goes there. Uh, so if I open, I'm going to see my Hello World document. It's there. No problem. Okay, so the other things that we want to be able to do, and that has a cool kind of effect to it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Looks kind of different. Um, so how do we get into things like um, your calendar application? So I'm going to type calendar. This oh, has, a, it has a really sleek kind of look to it, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm partial to this one. Yeah, already? Yeah. Okay, so let's bring up calendar. There you go. It looks really clean, like the... Um, the decorations, everything looks like it's yeah. it's uniform. It looks really good. I like that. Uh, and what about task switching? So if I have multiple tasks open, I'm curious about how GNOME 3 handles this. So if I hit Alt-Tab, yeah, I get a task okay, switcher. Okay, good. If I hit the Windows button and Tab, I get a, tab, uh, a task switcher. What about things like, do I have anything else? It looks like that's that's kind of it. When I hit my window button, like the super button, mm -hmm. it gives me that. Can you do that half screen split thing where you do like the windows button and then the the left key or the right key just to throw it to one side? Oh, like to, oh, oh, I see what you mean. Like to. Yes. Okay. That. Good, so it good. actually operates just like Microsoft Windows that way. That's a handy tip. Yeah. Too. I wonder if the other uh, desktop environments can do that too, but it is nice to see that GNOME uh, has that so I can position things like that right that's kind of cool um and from there i mean the the underlying os is the same so it's really just the environment it's it's strictly how do i interact with the computer and you can start to see that and, and as the tutorial goes on as the demonstration goes on like i don't need to show you that i can get on google because okay we know we can it's already it's right. linux it's, it's firefox on linux it's the same uh software it's really just how do i get there that is different so how do I get to my files? I'm going to just type, I'm going to try that file. And there we go. We've got files right there. There's my file manager. I do see the search button there just like before. So I can type in hello world. And there's my document. That's okay. cool. Um, so just like you would expect, everything looks pretty good. And then to perform a system shutdown, how would we do that here? So uh, let's first of all look under the activities menu because it is an activity. Uh, what does it have here? Show applications. Oh, there's a whole list of all kinds of applications. Holy. Not organized the way that I like with the other desktop environments that I saw. Did you notice how they had like internet mm -hmm. and games and everything? This looks like a, like we would call this a cluster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yes. just a mess of all my applications. How is it, or is it organized alphabetically? Is, is there, there a, a way of sorting easier or is it well, I, as, most Well, as this novice user, I don't see any way to do that. I don't see any, like, internet. There are some things I don't think I need on there. Oh, certainly. There's a ton oh, of stuff. But there's maps on there. I like that. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so if you don't know the name of the application or what it is you want to do, it might be a little difficult for me to find my way here. I'm dragging with my mouse and it lets me kind of slide. That's kind of nice. I don't know what I just did, though. Uh, so if you have a touch screen, that might be kind of nice. But again, not, ah. not too keen on the organization of it. Now, what's down here? Frequent or all applications. Oh, that's different. Okay. Okay, so I can see my frequently run applications or all applications. That's something. But what I'd really like to see is like an organizational structure there. And I still don't see a shutdown. So I'm going to look over here. And there's nothing that is obviously a shutdown thing to me. I'll start with that. And this what looks like a, a little notification window. And again, nothing really stands out as shut down but we recognize that symbol right and if i push that it gives me the power off option 
or restart. So, so we can find our way there a but little less. But it's not less, as super friendly. But really beautiful. Yeah. Really gorgeous, as a matter of fact. So I'm going to actually log out here so that we can check out the next one, which is going to be KDE Plasma. How do I get, how do I get out? <laughs> Holy Seriously. Like, I just want to log out of my, my system here. Um, settings. Oh, there's my name. Log out. Nice. Oh, Darby Maybe just said, click your username. Once you find your way. I, not that difficult. I like that one. It is kind of pretty. Yeah. Okay, so let's get over here. I'm going to log in. Let's see what else we have. So Debian 9, Debian Stretch, comes with the options to install, and you can install one or many. LXDE, Cinnamon, uh, Gnome, uh, Mate, Openbox, Plasma. Plasma being KDE. So we've already looked at Mate on the show with Ubuntu Mate. You're familiar with that. It's like the GNOME 2, 2, 2.5 look. Uh, it's great for um, experienced Linux users who like the old feel of Linux. Uh, but we're going to look at today um, Plasma, uh, which we have not yet looked at. So let's get into that. Let's see if I can get the screen up on your screen here. So far, so good. A little slower to load. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's more powerful. Do you think it's more powerful, Sasha? I Do you think that's what it is? <laughs> Slow and steady wins the race. It can't seriously take that long to load. My Fitbit. It seriously on did. It. So immediately, I'm like, that took a long time to load. Yes. And I, here it is. And there it is. It's up on the screen. Um, okay. Let's take a look at what KDE Plasma looks like. So there we go. I've clicked on the K because I just assumed that that's what it is. I'm curious what this thing is. Show desktop. Add widgets. Ooh, that sounds fun. Ooh. That's kind of cool. Ooh. Right out the gate, I can add a couple of different okay. things. Okay. I feel um, like every single one I've seen is my favorite until I see the next one, and then it's my yeah? favorite. This is my favorite. How do you do it? <gasps> just drag? Oh, nice. Oh, cool. Now I don't know how to move it. It's not where I wanted it. Oh, when you touch it, there's a... Oh, there's, I added two of them. Nice. Oh, and it's got the date. Uh, remove this one. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, desktop options. Uh, so I don't you know, know how... Now that's I see the time. To, that's something to play with. Yeah, now you know the time. <laughs> lock widgets. Lock widgets. Unlock widgets. No. So that's something to play with. I do like that there's a kind of a fun fun thing right out the gate. You can press and hold widgets to move them and reveal their handles. How did it know what I was trying to do? It could see that you were doing exactly what I do and frantically I'm just pressing clicking, everything. Just pressing it. Okay, hold it in. There we go. Can you make so, it like a different size? Uh, or is it once like that? No, yeah, you can. Oh my goodness. <gasps> see, we're figuring this out right on the fly here. Folks. Okay, so... Uh, is there a calculator one? <laughs> there we go. A calculator widget? So this is very much like a, like a phone interface kind yeah. of idea. So there is a search here. Calc. There okay, is. So drag that onto the desktop. So what is it? It obviously isn't a working calculator at that size. Can I make it full size? What if you make it bigger if it changes what functions it's are just, on it? It's just like an icon of a calculator. Okay. Which to me is kind of... It's like wah-wah. Not, not, yeah, that's kind of a letdown. Okay. Can I remove it? All right. So what I've done is just hold in the button, and that lets me manipulate it. Okay. So let's get a look. Okay, favorites. I have none yet, but it thinks I like Conqueror, System Settings, File Manager, and Advanced Text Editor. That's where we see that... This uh, desktop environment has defaulted to different applications. I do like the movement and the animation, the fading. Um, the text editor is Kate, which is a KDE text editor versus maybe G editor Pluma. Uh, applications. Oh, that, see, that's what I like, Sasha. Mm -hmm. Seeing menus where I can go internet. And when I want to find um, Firefox, I'm not going to have any trouble. There, it's actually called web browser here with a little subheader that says Firefox. 
That makes sense to me. I like that. Works a treat. Good. Okay, so getting into our documents, uh, let's see. So this would be like a good transitional for like all of those people who only use their phones right now. True. And or now, if you have a touch screen. Yeah. Uh, I clicked on computer and I would expect it to bring it up, but it doesn't. So I assume I have to go up here to home. Then I have documents. Oh, gross. Sasha, it's opening things with a single click. Oh. So there, there's where the paradigm is just a little bit different here. Every time I single click, it, it does what I click on. Uh, searching, I've got find, hello world. The other ones had like a, okay, that, that was just slower. I didn't hit enter. It was slower to search than the other ones were. They were very, very fast to just show the results. This you can one, I kind of had to sit and wait. Edit single click in the system settings. So as but the as the, the novice user, I'm going to guess that's under control. Because my approach here is that you know we're we're new. Let's say we're new to Linux, and we want to know you know how hard is this going to be to change or or to manipulate, make it the way that I want it. Because single clicking to open stuff is garbage. Um, I don't see anything there that lets me change the way that it interacts. But there definitely is. So that's all to say you know Linux is. You can change things. You can change the way that it interacts. But you may have to do some digging. Configure. No. See, I don't see anything in there. See how I do that? All right. So what else do we want to be able to find out here, Sasha? So you can see the difference in, in each of these um, mm -hmm. different desktop environments. How it, it almost feels like a completely different... Um, a completely different um, operating system, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And yet it's the same OS, just a different desktop environment. That's it. Different suite of applications that come with each. So now I want to shut down. There's one here called Leave. And then I've got Suspend Hibernate Shut Down. There we go. So we found our way around KDE Plasma pretty well as well. Yes. So you kind of have to look at that and say, okay, well, I'm going to install Debian Stretch. It's Debian.org to download it absolutely free. Choose which de uh, desktop environment you really love. Or if you're indecisive, you can actually check off a couple of, if you want um, during the installation process and set up each of those. And you can change them just by clicking the little gear before you log in, before you enter your password. Mm -hmm. And then you can change back and forth between them. Then pick your favorite and run with it. There you go. Linux is very configurable, very customizable. And as you can see, uh, even though that's the same, computer, the same Linux running Debian 9, uh, we're able to completely change the paradigm, completely change the interface by simply changing our desktop environment. Very cool. This is Category 5 Technology TV. We're going to head over to the newsroom. Sasha, what do you have for us today? Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Some Windows 10 source code, which could be used to exploit the popular OS, has been leaked to the public. The world's fastest computers run Linux. NASA has designed a supersonic airplane that doesn't create a sonic boom. And, as predicted, Nintendo is now releasing a classic Super Nintendo console. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. 
$5 and change per month, go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of June 28, 2017. Last week, Beta, Ar- Beta Archive posted Windows 10 source code related to USB storage and Wi-Fi drivers on its free F- FTP site. Since then, a spokesperson for Microsoft has confirmed that this code is genuine. The breach was initially thought to be massive. The register reported that the leak consisted of around 32 terabytes of files. They claimed it included builds of Windows that haven't yet been released. However, it later became clear that the leak was smaller than originally reported, and what's more, a fair bit of the data had already been made available by Microsoft through the shared source kit. Microsoft's partners and licensees had access to this through the shared source initiative. That doesn't mean this data leak isn't serious, though. It's an embarrassing black mark for Microsoft at a time that more and more people are paying attention to computer security. While the source code has been removed voluntarily by Beta Archive, it's unclear how many people had already downloaded it. It's possible that it could still it still could be distributed via other methods and used to create exploits for Windows 10. Linux is still running on more than 99% of the top 500 fastest supercomputers in the world. Same as last year, 498 out of the top 500 supercomputers run Linux, while the remaining two run Unix. 20 years back, most of the supercomputers were in Unix, but eventually Linux took the lead and became the preferred choice of operating system for the supercomputers. Now, not even one supercomputer in the top 500 run Windows. And of course, no supercomputer runs Mac OS because Apple has not yet manufactured the i supercomputer. This information is collected by an independent organization, Top 500, that publishes the details about the top 500 fastest supercomputers known to them twice a year. You can go to the website and filter out the list based on country, OS type used, vendors, etc. The main reason for this growth is the open source nature of Linux. Supercomputers are specific devices built for specific purposes. This requires a custom operating system optimized for those specific needs. Unix, being a closed source and propriety... Proprietary. Proprietary. (laughs) Holy moly. Operating system is an expensive deal when it comes to customization. Linux, on the other hand, is free and easier to customize. Engineering teams can easily customize a Linux-based operating system for, for each of the supercomputers. The world's fastest supercomputer on the current list is Sunway... Taihu Lite. It's based in National Supercomputing Center in Wuxi, China, and has a speed of 93 petaflops per second. That's 93 quadrillion floating point operations per second. Or put another way, 93 million billion. Not impressed yet? Here's a number we all can think about for a minute. This supercomputer has, are you ready for this? 10 million cores. It's nearly three times as fast as the second place winner. Wow. The only two supercomputers running Unix are ranked 493rd and 494th. Uh, That is so super cool, Robbie. I cannot even tell you. I can't imagine that kind of speed. Like, that's nuts. I don't even know what you would do. Like, I can't imagine what you would need. Supercomputing. I know, like... So cra- my brain doesn't think as fast as that computer thinks. Like, I don't know how fast does a human brain think. Not that many petaflops. Petaflops per second? No That's way. Crazy. Mine's like wow. Nah. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mine in my, particular is only about two. Mine <laughs> can't say the word propriet. I can't say it. So there. <laughs> NASA says the preliminary design of. Design review of its Quiet Supersonic Transport, or Quest, project suggests it is possible to create a supersonic aircraft that doesn't produce a sonic boom. They've been able to build supersonic passenger planes for decades, but the problem is that they are so noisy they generate complaints when flown over populated areas of land. Even when flying below the speed of sound, they're often noisier than 
always subsonic aircraft and generate plenty of complaints around airports, which try to keep things as quiet as possible so as not to, not to disturb nearby residents. A quieter supersonic passenger aircraft has therefore long been on the designers' minds as there's a market for faster travel over land as well as oceans, which is why NASA is running the Quest program. A statement posted on their website Monday says, Senior experts and engineers from across the agency and the Lockheed Martin Corporation concluded on Friday that the Quest design is capable of fulfilling the aircraft's mission objectives, which are to fly at supersonic speeds but create a soft thump instead of the disruptive sonic boom associated with sonic flight today. NASA's commercial supersonic technology project manager Peter Cohen explains that the idea is to design the airplane so that the shock waves that are produced in the supersonic flight are arranged in such a way that you don't have a boom. You just have a general kind of gradual pressure rise that produces a quiet sound. NASA's next step is finding organizations willing to build a working model of the experimental airplane and fly it over American cities and towns to hear how much noise it makes. It's hopes that these flights could start in 2021. Oh my gosh. I'm just picturing like it. Make, oh, we didn't realize it's going to make a weird sound, like yeah. a whistle or it's something. It's going to make a weird. Be yeah. Like, what the heck was that? <laughs> fly it over. That? <laughs> fly it over American cities and towns. <laughs> I'm thinking. Oh well, that should that should be good for Canada. <laughs> Super Mario World, Star Fox, and Yoshi's Island are set to be re-released later this year as part of a new classic SNES console. The, Super, the original Super Nintendo Entertainment System, launched in 1990, sold 50 million units worldwide. The SNES Classic follows the NES Classic, which went on sale late last year but abruptly discontinued in April, much to the frustration of fans. Nintendo said limited resources were to blame, but it insisted it would not make the same error with the SNES. A Nintendo spokesperson said, We aren't providing specific numbers, but we will produce significantly more units of Super NES Classic Edition than we did of NES Classic Edition. The assertion follows accusations from the gaming community that Nintendo was engaging in so-called intentional scarcity. The marketing ploy was supposedly intended to drum up publicity for the Japanese company, which launched its flagship new console, the Nintendo Switch, earlier this year. As well as the classic titles, Nintendo will also bundle in a game from the SNES era that was never actually released, Star Fox 2. The console will cost $79 in the US and £79.99 in the UK. Nice. I will. I just have to just like say for the record, I yeah. do now have a Switch, and I will bring it in and show you if you Sweet. would like. It's amazing! Is it good? Yeah, it's amazing. Cool. Okay. Can't wait to see it, Sam. Yeah. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV Newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV Newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Please do check out our website this week. It's Category5.TV. It's been fantastic having you here. I'm so thankful to have had you here. Uh, if you're new to the show, please uh, go through our website, find out what we're all about. Uh, consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. That's a great way that you can become a part of this community from a financial standpoint. It's nice and easy, though. All you have to do is just throw a little in the tip jar uh, with each episode that we produce, and that makes a world of difference to us uh, as mm -hmm. we continue to uh, provide this service to you for free. And, uh, and uh, we hope to grow over the next little while as well. So we're coming up on our 10th anniversary. I can't even imagine. Isn't it just it's unreal? Like we're not even like a few months out from our 10th anniversary. We've got tickets available for you if you want to come and join us here in studio. Uh, make a trip up to Barrie, Ontario, Canada. Beautiful place. And we'd love to meet you. Love to see you. Uh, just get onto our website, category5.tv, and request tickets uh, on the tickets page. Of course. There you go. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We've got an exceptional show planned for you next week. Uh, as you know, Henry is away this week uh, as he's out at the, uh, the air show. Um, so that's a little recreational activity for him. But also uh, he spent some time in the week, on the weekend at uh, the virtual reality conference on behalf of Category 5 Technology TV. Uh, he was down in Toronto, Ontario, 
uh, for that conference, conducting interviews and getting some uh, some uh, uh, first glance at some upcoming technology. And we're going to be checking in with him next week as he's going to be joining us again and have all that for us. That so. is going to be an amazing, really exciting show. Oh, yeah. And... To boot, we've got your viewer questions. I know you've been sending them in. We appreciate it. Uh, we've got uh, we've got you on deck, Peter and Mickey uh, Kasparek. Uh, we've yeah. got your questions. We've got questions from all of you who have been submitting them to us uh, through our website, Category5.tv. We try to catch them if you comment uh, on YouTube as well. Uh, and we're going to be addressing those. We've got some time set aside for you uh, next week. And we look forward to seeing you then. So have a fantastic week. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Sasha. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>